As we begin today, let's have a word of prayer. Give me, O my Lord, that purity of conscience which alone can receive your inspirations. My ears are dull so that I cannot hear your voice. My eyes are dim so that I cannot see the signs of your presence. You alone can quicken my hearing and purge my sight and cleanse and renew my heart. Teach me to sit at your feet and to hear your word. Amen. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. The peace of Christ be with you. Our help is in the name of the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We all praise you for creating this world in all beauty, for redeeming the world through Christ, our Lord, and for sending us the gift of your spirit to encourage, instruct, and sustain us. We long for your spirit to work among us now, to inspire our praise, to challenge us with your truth, and to equip us for service in your world. Come, let us worship the Lord. Please join me in your bulletin for the prayer of confession. Let us pray. God of exodus and wilderness, God of refuge and help, hear us now as we make our confession to you. In times of temptation, we forget what you have done for us. You give us everything we need, yet we often remain unsatisfied. You trust us to care for creation, yet we often abuse that trust and spoil what we have been given. You show us the way we are to follow, yet we often continue on the path of self-indulgence and self-centeredness. Forgive us, we pray. We ask for your direction, your patience, your love. In the name of Jesus Christ, who in spite of his temptations was faithful to your saving word. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. upon us, Lamb of God, O Christ, have mercy upon us, grant us your peace. Hear this good news. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. With these words, we know, therefore, in Christ, we stand forgiven. Thanks be to God. Hear what the prophet says. He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And so let us live. As we come to the reading of God's holy word, let us pray. Lift up your hearts. Let us lift them to the Lord our God. God of call, God of transformation, God of the Lenten journey, 
Help us to discern your still, small voice. Open us to change and growth, that we may walk with Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. The first lesson is the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Christ is tempted in the wilderness. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, and he said to them, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson today comes from Psalm 20, or 32, a psalm that speaks of God as our hiding place. Hear now the word of God. Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up, as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore let all who are faithful offer prayer to you at a time of distress. The rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not, let, do not be like a horse or a mule without understanding whose temper must be curbed with bit and bridle, else it will not stay near you. Many are the torments of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It is hard to read the words of this psalm, therefore let all who are faithful offer prayer to you at a time of distress. The rush of mighty waters shall not reach them in light of the tsunami of the past week. 
This passage in the Psalms is a psalm of lament and asks God uh, to help us to understand the need to confess our sin and to be forgiven. When I was a little boy, I remember that one of the delights of being a boy was having a fort. It was all the leftover wood that was left by the side of the street and that we could find in the woods behind the old abandoned factory down the block from where we all lived. And we would, uh, we would kind of repackage trash and garbage put out so that we could get to the boards and the boxes. And we built this fort in the woods behind the factory. And it was a place where we could hide. And one of the fun things about the fort was that girls, number one, were not allowed, okay? Uh, And number two, we could all hear mom call, supper was ready. And she had no idea where to find us. And that was so much fun. But there was a third reason why that fort came in handy. It was one place that we could get away from the high school bullies down the block who would beat up on us little kids. It was a place that we could hide away. It was a place that we could feel safe. Even when we grow up, the psalmist is very clear that there are times when we need a place to hide away. Maybe there are people who are critical of how we live Maybe there are circumstances that just don't seem to work ever in our favor. Maybe people make fun of us. Maybe people ridicule our faith or the way we look or the way we talk or what we believe. Whatever the the circumstances, the passage that we read today in Psalm 32 is one of assurance that God is indeed our hiding place, a place where we can be preserved from trouble. Now, that doesn't mean that trouble won't come. The psalmist is very clear about that. In the very next lines, he talks about the rush of mighty waters. It is not possible to avoid difficulties in life, but it is very possible to have a place that we can hide, where we can be safe. Now, what's interesting is that many times we tend to think that that's inside of ourselves. We tend to think that somehow hiding inside of ourselves will somehow uh, protect us from the outside forces working against us. There's a part of us that says that somehow or other, if I keep it all inside and don't let it out, um, then it makes my life easier to endure. The psalmist rather says, no, don't do that. Don't keep your fear or your anxiety or your struggle to yourself. Get it out. Admit it. Confess it to the Lord. 
be in agreement with God that life sometimes can be the real pits. And it's not always easy. And there are moments when you might want to give up. God knows that. And there is no one in the universe that knows better how to hold you, how to protect you, how to comfort you, yes, even how to love you when those moments come. The passage is very clear. Do not be stubborn as a mule. Don't play this game. Don't think somehow or other that you can protect yourself. Do not beguile yourself. Do not lie to yourself that somehow or other in your American spirit or in your Hungarian spirit or your German spirit or your Irish spirit or your Italian spirit that you can take it on all yourself. Because you know what? That's a lie. You will fall when the waters come. Did any of you see the debris? Okay. That's our lies when we try to hold on, when we try to keep it all inside, when we want to hold on to it, and somehow we're going to protect it all. The high waters come and wash it all away, and we're left with nothing. When we entrust our weakness, when we entrust our frailty, when we entrust our fear, when we entrust our struggle to the Lord, God never gets washed away. God's love for us never disappears. So much so, the psalmist says, that those who are steadfast, those who are faithful, those who are committed to doing this, to giving themselves over to the God rather than to their own ability to hide and hide in God instead, they will actually, in the last verses of this psalm, have the opportunity to party. To party. It says, Many are the torments of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Those are very, very polite words for saying, Have a good time. Have a great party. Enjoy yourselves. You are protected. I can remember the parties in our fort. They were fun. We had candy bars and soda, and we had some of the greatest conversations. Why, there were even times, a couple times, when somebody snuck a girly book into the fort, and that was even more fun. But you know what? Those moments, those moments were moments of joy and moments of humanness. And that's an important piece of who we are. You see, the psalmist is very clear. When you trust God, when you are hiding in God, even our joy, even our joy, though tainted with the sin of who we are and what our frailties are and what our weaknesses are, Even our joy can hold us, preserve us, protect us, provide for us, and keep us. These are difficult times, natural disasters that we see in the news, and 
the economy the way it is and the war that we see throughout regions like the Middle East scare us and shake our reality and our sense of security. It is not that long since 9-11. It is not that long for some. And we ask ourselves sometimes, how will we survive? How will we make it? The psalmist is very clear. You cannot make it. You will be washed away if you do not hide in God. And if you do hide in God, if you find God to be your hiding place and trust God to be your hiding place, God will hide you from any more danger, from any more stress, from any more fearful circumstances, from any more struggle or pain or criticism or difficulty than you can bear. And God will supply you every ability and energy necessary to withstand, to be strong. The passage from Matthew speaks of Jesus in the the wilderness, and one of my favorite pieces of that story is that when it was all over, who came to celebrate? The angels came and ministered to him. The angels That kind of visitation is not limited to Jesus. Angels still minister to us when we trust ourselves into the hiding arms and love of God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. We praise you. And in fact, we sing to you, O Lord. We sing to you in the shadowy brokenness of our lives, knowing that your word alone nourishes us in spirit and in truth to journey on. And for this we give you thanks and praise today through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. In the Lord I'll be ever thankful, in the Lord I will rejoice. Look to God, do not be afraid, lift up your voices, the Lord is here. Lift up your voices, the Lord is near. Please turn with me in your bulletin to the Confession of Faith and let us stand to confess our faith using the words of the Heidelberg Catechism. Together, let us say these words. I believe that God, because of Christ's atonement, will never hold against me any of my sins nor my sinful nature, which I need to struggle against all my life. Rather, in his grace, God grants me the righteousness of Christ to free me forever from judgment. Through Christ's death, our old cells are crucified, put to death, 
and buried with him, so that the evil desires of the flesh may no longer rule us, but that instead we may dedicate ourselves as an offering of gratitude to him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God has been good to us and given and provided for us all that we need and even more. And so we come in our worship to our time of sharing part of the bounty that God has given us with God and for the purpose of God's kingdom. Let us pray. Thank you, O Lord, for the provision of all of our need. Thank you for the opportunity to share in the ministry that you have given us through Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. I do want to give you opportunity to share prayer requests, things that were on your heart or mind, items of praise or petition, uh, so that we can share those today in prayer as well. As we begin this Lenten season and the journey towards Jerusalem, O Lord, we have had ample ample testimony in the past week of the brokenness, not only of our own human selves, but in the creation in which we live. We've had uh, reminders of how difficult and how real human suffering can be. And we are grateful that that suffering you took to yourself on the cross, that understanding our suffering in whatever our circumstances enables you to love us, comfort us, strengthen us, and keep us strong in ways that only your Holy Spirit knows and can communicate. And so today, as we come to pray, we ask, Lord, that you would be with those families who are mourning the death, the passing of a loved one. We pray for Nancy and her family and the passing of Edith into glory. We thank you for this life and this woman whose dedication and commitment to you stand as testimony of your great grace and the glory of being a follower of Jesus Christ. We pray for the Ellison family. We pray for the Buck family. We pray for Mike's relative Nancy 
as they mourn the death of loved ones as well. We ask you to console and comfort and come close to them, strengthening, keeping them. We pray, O Lord, today for those who are traveling. We remember Will and his friends on their trip to Canada, but also many of the folks traveling for spring break and for vacation time with family as they're off of school. We ask, Lord, that you keep them safe on roads that could be flooded or weakened by flooding conditions. We ask, Lord, that uh, you would protect them and keep them in the palm of your hand. We pray for our young men and women, like Nick, who are struggling to find their way in a market, a job market, and an economy that is weak and that is shaky. And we ask, Lord God, that you would give wisdom and strength and a sense of being cared for by your Holy Spirit in their very inner being as they seek to follow the path you have laid out for them. We thank you today, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that enables us to pray and to lift up these things to you in a way that can be heard in a way that can be understood by you, in a way that we know uh, you hear and take unto yourself. We trust, O Lord, today as we pray using our litany for those who suffer in Japan, in the Pacific Islands, and in the areas that were affected by the earthquake and the tsunami both in the Philippines as well as in Hawaii and the west coast of our own country as well. And so we join together in prayer. For the people of Japan who are suffering the effects of the earthquake and tsunami, O oh Lord, we cry out to you for your mercy. For those still clinging to life beneath the rubble, O oh Lord, we cry to you for your mercy. For each and every man, woman, boy, and girl who are looking for loved ones and hoping to find them alive, O oh Lord, we cry out to you for your mercy. For the workers from all over the world who labor to rescue, keep peace, minister, and heal, O oh Lord, we cry out to you for your mercy. For the ministers and lay people who are with the suffering, ministering to them your presence, O oh Lord, we cry out to you for your mercy. For the memories of your children who lost their lives in this tragedy, O oh Lord, we cry out to you for your mercy, your strength, and your grace. For the people of Japan and for all who suffer in any place in this hour, O oh Lord, we cry out to you for your mercy. O oh God, creator and sustainer of all that is, we come to you in reverence and humility thanking you for the great privilege of prayer. With our hearts heavy from grief and our minds filled with questions, we come to you. Once again, and as always, we need your grace and mercy. God, we trust your wisdom in all things. Our hearts are filled with anguish for our sisters and brothers who are washed away in the mighty waves of the ocean tsunami in Japan and also those who are still hoping and praying to be found before their spirits leave their bodies. 
O God, our keeper, your word tells us if we make our beds in the realm of the dead, you are right there. So show yourself. Manifest your presence to our sisters and brothers who are right now still trapped in or under debris and sludge. Glorify yourself in the rescue of those in the rubble. O God, our comforter, wrap your loving arms around our Japanese sisters and brothers who are longing to see their family members and loved ones again. O God, our sustainer, empower and strengthen rescue workers, keepers of the peace, medical personnel, and preachers of your gospel with your Holy Spirit. O God of peace, breathe on Japan and heal her. O God, our healer, heal broken bodies, troubled minds, and sorrowing hearts. O God, our joy, penetrate the grief, pain, and sorrow by the great power of your presence, that all may know, even in tragedies, that you are the Lord. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Together let us pray as Jesus taught us, boldly saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Today is everybody brings treats for coffee hour, and I, I saw some on the table. I know there are others in the refrigerator. We want to welcome everyone and hope that you will join us afterwards for coffee and refreshment in the Bellhauer Parlor. Um, I want to encourage you, uh, while you have opportunity today, uh, to give your uh, condolences to Nancy as she joins us. Um, she's in the midst of doing all the planning and uh, taking care of all the things that are part of the business of dying in our culture and society. And so I ask that you, uh, you greet her and share your love with her as well. I'm curious about something. I'm curious how many times you in your life have wanted a place to go to be safe or wanted a place to hide. How many times would you have liked that experience, whether it was when you were a child or a teenager or even a grown-up? I don't want hands, but as I read close today, I really want us to believe and trust and know that this God we love and serve is a God we can hide in, a God we can find genuine solace and comfort and protection and security. The closing hymn is a chorus kind of, of hymn, very simple, found in the 180 in the Green Hymnal, but it says and it is addressed to God, God's self, saying, you are my hiding place. And I hope that we can sing it as a way of believing it as well. Mm-hmm. 
Trusting in our God and going forth into our world, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit go with us now until Christ returns in glory and then forever and all God's people said, Amen.